Welcome, everybody, to a very special episode of the Comic Chronicle podcast because it is now 200 episodes. I'm your guys, the host of Code and Morgan, coming to you from Phoenix, Arizona, your friend, neighborhood podcaster, animal caretaker, dinosaur enthusiast, toy unboxer, all the jazz like that shit. My God, 200 episodes we've been doing this. 200 episodes of some reviews, but 98% interviews with people from all over comics of actors, writers, artists, inkers, letterers, people, directors of comic book stuff. Like we've had on some amazing people, some friends of mine too, people who I've met that have become friends. You know, it's been an amazing, amazing four years almost. In a couple of weeks, it's going to be four years of the show. And I want to say thank you to everyone who's been tuning in the four years. And thank you to new listeners who are tuning in right now. Uh, you guys are the best. You know, this show is done for free. I've been doing it on my own for a little bit. Without the show, I would not be a comic book writer. I wouldn't have made the connections to SGGS Comics. And plenty more, too. And who knows what that would have not put me into the path. Like, you guys all rock. And I want to say thank you for your love and support on social media, on the comment section of the podcast, wherever you guys are listening. It means the world. And you guys are the best fans anyone could ask for, to say the least here. So here's the more episodes down the line. You know, so another 200 episodes. Who knows who else we're going to bring on the show. And if you're listening to this and you want to come on the show, and you're somebody who works in comics and whatnot too, shoot me a message on social media, man. Or a woman, I'll bring you on. That sounded rough. If you <laughs> Shoot me a message, folks. And whoever you want to do, I, I'll bring you on the show. We'll make it work in jazz. Uh, 200 episodes, folks. It's, it's so hard to believe. Uh, today on the show, though, we have Sam. Oh, I should make uh, Sam Johns on the show today. I was going to tell you guys something. We'll tell you after. Sam Johns is on the show today. She's a writer who's worked on Punchline, DC Comics work. Oh, and so much more. We talk all sorts of stuff from influence and how life influences you, especially in the creative field. Working on Punchline, DC Comics is a new villain, the, the new Joker, almost one would say here, in a way. And, oh, so much more, folks. And... It's a really good episode, and if you guys do not get anything from it, motivationally, inspirationally, or mentally, I don't know what to tell you, because we talk about a lot, a lot of shit. And you guys all rock, folks. So I want to say is, make sure you guys subscribe for new episodes on the podcast. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Stitcher, or uh, ComicChronicle.Popping.com, and as well, I'm on Twitch, CoderRex97, but on social media, if you want to reach out to me, at DakotaMorgan3 on Twitter, and on Instagram, at Dakota underscore Morgan 97 and I'm on YouTube, Dakota Morgan. If you guys want to like subscribe on there to older episodes of the podcast and all the other extra shit I do with animals and toys and whatnot. So, yeah. I, it's just hard to believe 200 episodes, folks. Here's to the best fans, and here's to 200 more. And if you guys enjoy it, just let me know and just keep on listening, folks. Keep on listening. I'll keep doing the show for free and super <laughs> laid-back show. And if you guys keep listening, I'll keep making. And without further ado, though, before I get super more emotional, let's dive into my talk with Sam. Please undo this. Okay, there we go. I had a meeting earlier today, and it just crashed on both of our ends. So I'm really hoping that doesn't happen on, on this side of things. Uh, but Sam, we are recording, and I want to say, as per usual, because I'm a man of tradition, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's good to be here. And I'm glad to hear you got the bugs sorted before we started recording. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad it happened in the meeting. Yeah. Any goofs are going to be on me. That's just oh. not that works. <laughs> I don't know. Hey. Hey, if it helps, the guy I was with the meeting with was in Italy, so and that's when it crashed. So I think you on the East Coast, if I remember correct, you're on the East Coast, right, Sam? I am, yeah, Brooklyn, yes. New York. Woo! How's that over on that side of things? I'm enjoying it. Um, yeah. Honestly, I 
I'm in a grad program right now. So I, I'm kind of in that, like, I'm technically in a city, but I really just see the, the four walls of my apartment. <laughs> That's, that sounds per usual. <laughs> that, sounds, that sounds like a little bit of an interesting time. Um, what exactly, though, are you studying, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, creative writing with a fiction concentration. I'm a oh, one note. I, I know what I'm going for. Yeah, no shit. That's, I'm about to start online college here in a little bit. And it, I write comic books. I work in the media world. But my college degree has nothing to do with that. So it's going to be interesting, to say the least. Honestly, I, I think that's the best way to do it. Like, I think the most interesting folks in the program have, like, backgrounds in, like, the most far-reaching areas. Yes. Just gives yes! you more stuff to write about. Exactly. You know this. You know this. Oh, I've, I've said it plenty of times. Like, my degree, I should say, is being a vet tech for exotic animals. Like, and I already work in the exotic animal field and whatnot with between hospitals and sanctuaries. Uh, people who listen to the show a long time know about that. But like, you're absolutely – we should say we have we have a writer at D.C. who works in the – who used to work in the CIA. Like, anything's possible. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm glad that at least uh, I, I feel like you can tell more vet tech stories without um, government interference or approval. It's it's true, but I know the only thing I got to worry about is like I'll tell stories of the hospital or at the sanctuary, and then people who were involved or like most of the time owners might be listening to the show, and they're gonna be like, "What the hell?" Be like, "Oh no, I'm in trouble." But other than that, I think I'm a okay. <laughs> Well, I mean, I I don't want to make you re repeat any stories for longtime listeners, but now you got me super curious. What's what's the most like exotic animal you you've worked with? Oh, um, the sanctuary or at the hospital? You know, uh, free for all, chef choice. I could say I thought about it the other day, and I think like mm, like I've had big time snakes. We've had Gila monsters at the hospital. I think it was. It, at the hospital, at least, it, in between, is between an emu and then also a wallaby. Oh, both winners. Yeah. <laughs> I, there was something special about doing blood work on a wallaby and then just letting them run around the hospital for like 10 minutes. I, I just like the picture in my head is the cutest. I want the YouTube video now. <laughs> I have pictures. I can, I'll email you pictures, and it's like the cutest. I'm holding them like a baby in a blanket. <laughs> Because he's a baby. Right. Like, it's not going to be good audio. I'm just going to be like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send it to you after when I find them. Uh, oh, they're they're amazing. The emu, the wallaby's still alive. The emu sadly did pass, but that was a whole situation to have. The emu was fun because we were trying to get him to start walking again because he had like certain arthritis issues and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So that was the sanctuary, though, I will say that one because I do a lot of work over there. Is been also I did start schooling in a way over there with a croc internship on top of my normal zookeeper duties, uh, but is been I think the crocodilians I love them so much. Oh, that sounds wonderful. Oh, you're, you're a reptile guy first and foremost. Yeah, I, I yeah, but I love aquatics because I used to work with sharks, so I love aquatics a little bit too. But somehow I still write comic books. I don't understand. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's all your free time. Yeah, this shit. This show is my free time to be honest. I don't I don't people the other day they're like, You must get paid so much for doing a podcast. I'm like, Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Paid in enthusiasm and exposure. Yeah. Pff, oh God. <laughs> that was that was when I used to do film work. I don't know if you've ever done or I think I think have you ever done anything in the film industry? No, not not really on the professional side. I um maybe I'm sharing too much but i used to do the unboxing videos for midtown comics oh I shit that's, that's like where i top off i mean that's still something uh, let me tell you it's when you do it it's all the word you hear is exposure 
<laughs> I, I, it, for, it was before I worked in there years before and then 2020 happened and really put a stiper in the film industry. So I've been a little bit out of it, but I, as far as I can talk about, because NDAs are the perfect like silencing contract of all time. Uh, but yeah, no, exposure is definitely a thing. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean uh, to give you any bad flashbacks. Oh, no, no, you're good. You're good. It's. I think anybody listening, because there's a few people who listen that are in the film industry that are probably like, yeah, that's like the E word. <laughs> if you hear the E word of exposure, back out now. Pull out like it's bad sex. Exposure, just get out of Dodge. Well, you said this was an Anything Goes podcast. You said I could yeah. use the, the most profane words I could think of, and that was okay. it. Yeah, it was it. <laughs> <laughs> exposure <laughs> oh oh man i then again there is a i've heard of it being a thing in the comic book world too like for writers and artists they're like especially artists to say the least i've seen people and heard stories from friends of mine that are like yeah they wanted me to write 12 issue series i'm like yeah did you get paid at all for that were they seven pages eight pages like yeah sometimes 20 pages like okay what'd you get paid they're like oh it's for exposure i'm like oh fuck yeah that's rough Oh, oh, that'd be horrible. And especially artists. Like, I, I, I don't want to downplay the work that writers do, but artists put in a, a bit more. It's just yeah, they, they make them. They're the. They are the Doctor Strange of the world. Swear to God, don't know how <laughs> they do it. It's. Oh, I mean, you and I both know seeing words come to life from that. We we write down words, and then we make stories. But then seeing it come to life is something that, it just makes you cry. Oh, yeah. It's it's unpredictable every time, you know? Oh, very much so. I it's You could write, like, the stupidest of things, and you're like, oh, I don't think this is going to work. Like, we'll see what happens. Like, I have confidence, but then I'm not. But then you're like, oh, shit, that actually worked out really well. <laughs> so that actually, it turned out more beautiful than I thought. It's always such a joy. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I mean, what is it, though, that with you, though? Do you ever have those moments still to this day where, or is it kind of like, they're, they're pretty fun, but do you ever have those tear-jerking moments? Well, you know, it's, I, I would say more than average at this point. I'm still pretty green, so it's just, it feels like every project is the, the big life-changing project. Um, you know, like, I, I've i been doing a lot of, like, backups and short stories, mm -hmm. and then uh, recently, I mean, it wasn't recently that I received the email, but, like, when DC announced that I had the opportunity to do a book with Klaus Janssen, I was just like, you know, oh. I couldn't speak. I just assumed I, I received the, an incorrect email. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, let me direct you to this person over here. Like, are you sure you met me? Wait a minute. <laughs> so I, I, I think that was a, a pretty big tearjerker moment. But then even mm. just seeing like Punchline come to life, um, like, and actually having my name attached to that project, um, you know, getting to you know, work with James or like talk to him at the very beginning when she was just an idea. I don't know. It's like I said, it's, it's only upward right now. So feeling, feeling very gracious. Can I give you a hot take though? Go for it. I think no matter how much you do or how big you are, you're always green in this business. You know, I, I, I wish I could fight you on that, but I mean, that's kind of, that's kind of nice though. I like the yeah. idea that the, the art always develops like I, I, yes. I think it would be more uncomfortable with you were like here's the hot take there's a glass ceiling you're gonna hit it this week oh <laughs> like, no <laughs> yeah I have I heard from a friend um well <laughs> about, <laughs> about your job oh that'd be horrible 
Oh, that's a monster right there. Jesus. <laughs> oh. But if you're telling me forever green, forever hungry, I could live with that. Yeah. Oh, I like there's they think about it though. Even like the top name people, there's st certain storylines or certain types of art that they've never done that they would feel so green working in, you know? Like there was things mm -hmm. like, oh, I've never like they could be writing for 40 years, right? Like, I think Marv Wolfman said something about it, too. He's like, I always like doing something new because it, it, it's I think he said something like this with it. Like, he always likes doing new things. And it's like, well, that's cool. That's great. And it's like, you know, because that's the thing about it. Like, you are always doing something new and you could be put on a series of like, hey, you get a phone call or like you get an email saying, hey, uh, I want you uh, I'd like to you work on this. How could you write a storyline like this? It's like, well, I can sure try like. I want you to write a storyline about goblins in Manhattan. Okay, well, I've never done that one before. That's a new, it's a new, new storyline. Let's do this. <laughs> like, or some make weird. it work. Yeah, right. that's the thing with it. Like, just making it work, and I think trying something new and always kind of going for the new thing, and you're always green with it because you're learning and adapting, and you're always evolving, to say the least. And it's it's so impossible to max out because, like, yeah. you know, whether we're talking characters, genres, like, the you know media that the comics are being read on is going to be constantly evolving like there, sure, there's yeah. just always going to be a new new entry point compared to 20 years ago there's like a thousand to two thousand more different types of genres than there was we we haven't even hit like original ideas yet that's no. that's the one that <laughs> i think will you know those will go with you to your grave they're just always generating new ones oh yeah there's there's i think I'll admit it. I have a couple notebooks full of ideas that may or may never see the light of day. Who knows? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Do you have that same thing too? Like those notebooks or those those sketch pad things of like, hmm, uh, you just there are ideas you write down, but maybe you'll do something with, maybe you won't. I was always a sketchbook person. And then, uh, I think recently going back to school really shifted me into like actually taking notes. Um, but the way I, I write is I, I ruminate for like a very long time and I, I think in like key images. Mm. So whatever I'm obsessed with at that moment, I just kind of like doodle the same thing over and over again. I think, I think it's like an old art school habit, you know? Very. So you, I mean, you're doing artwork as well too now? No, I think. Or that's just kind of sketching? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's wouldn't consider it art, but. <laughs> I, I did go to art school. I did go to SCAD, and the uh, the training there was uh, to be an illustrator, but I, oh. I don't want to make any implications about my ability beyond that. <laughs> I don't know. I could probably take a look and be like, this is beautiful. Like, uh, I went to Disneyland a week ago. I don't know when this episode's coming out, but uh, a little bit ago, and I went through this the art workshop, you know, like the, the mm -hmm. artists there who sit and do stuff, and it was like, Oh, this is the $30 artist random sketch. And I'm like, oh, okay, let me take a look at these. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? This is like some beautiful shit. And it's like <laughs> artists just sketch. Like, I feel like sketching just today. And then like the whole, it blew me up. I'm like, this is a sketch and this is only $30. I'm like, yeah, that's the, and we woke up and decided to draw something to sketch a bit. I'm like, this is beautiful. This looks like I would frame this and put it up on my wall and be like, look at this artist rendition. Right? It was like 30 bucks. Like, oh my God. So, I mean, you never know. So you may think it's okay sketch, but it's beautiful to others. Yeah, no, I, I'm sure there is a piece of art that has rendered me to tears that someone else has used as a coaster. <laughs> that is true too. <laughs> that, 
Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that's a whole other bucket of worms, over right there, Sam. That's oh, there's like your work has been motivational. It's like yeah, and then I've also heard the reviews where they're like, I've read your stuff while on the toilet. Like, okay, did it help you? <laughs> yeah, help me pass my vows. I've literally gotten that review before. I and I I admire it, but then I like oh. No, I, I totally get it. And I think, like, it's so different when you're on the creative side. Like, I think people have a tendency to devalue their own work more than anyone else. You know what I mean? Very. I think I'm a piece of shit writer, but people like me somehow. <laughs> I, I, I 100% agree with that. Oh, I, But that's, like, the that's, I think, one of the motivators, though. And what and being a creative on the creative side of things is like you devalue yourself a little bit, but then you use that to make better stuff. Like if you think you're a thousand percent great all the time, life may be terrible. But if you have that like devaluing in a way, and it sounds bad when you say it out loud like this, but it's that thing of like it's the motivation to keep going in a way and trying to be better. Well, yeah, I, I think it holds hand in hand. I think the people that have the most influences always have like stronger and evolving work. And it's when you stop yeah. taking in new influences that you stop thinking about making decisions and you just kind of, you know, do things a bit more automatically. And I, I think that's a dangerous place to be. But, you know, it, it's hard to feel like you're a Mr. Tough Guy, like on top of the world when you have exposure to such like amazing art you know what i mean from yeah all ends yeah that yeah that is true it's it's a weird world i mean i'd say we're almost being influenced all the time to be honest with you in a way like if if you're not a closed off person then you're always being influenced not even just by media but like random life stuff you know like i couldn't tell you like people who are new that uh, change scripts like there'd be we'd be back in film line we'd be working on a script or something like that and people would come into the writer's room and we'd have a thing of oh here we want i want to change this sort of thing like that i'm like what why they're like well, i had a weird experience with someone in the drive-thru and it and I'm like, what and then i read it and I'm like oh this actually really works <laughs> it's like oh well, wait <laughs> like, i'm like you got us from a drive-thru experience I'm like yeah and it's 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 really weird, and people say you can only be influenced by art, but no, life can influence you. Oh, of course. I, I, I feel bad. I, I can't remember the title, um, so it, it's like a hollow recommendation, but I, I read a book a while ago about um, just taking a walk, oh. and it was one walk, and it was like through Manhattan, but um, on the same path, each chapter the writer would go with a professional in a different like arena. Mm -hmm. So like the conversations that he would have taking this walk with a botanist would be radically different from the conversations he would have taking the same walk with an architect than with a historian than with a, you know what I mean? And it's just oh. like everyone perceives the same thing so differently. I want to read that book. I will <laughs> I'll keep doing it. Oh. I've been thinking about it a lot recently. <laughs> Whoa, that is, oh, that's, all right, how, here's the deal, Sam. I will send you pictures of the wallaby, and, the, and we're in the hospital if you send me the name of the book. Fair trade. All right. <laughs> Very fair trade. Uh, oh, God, I'm, I'm thinking about this now. There's like, I, I will let you in on a secret for people who work in the animal field before we dive too much, too far there and other stuff, is... I'll say it on a record is that all of us on our phones, whether doctors, hospital or like zoo workers and stuff, we are the people who have the most fucked up pictures on our phone. And if anybody like a psychiatrist sees it, they'd put us all in a, in a ward. Swear to God. 
I feel it's... a little bit that way about my search history when I'm doing like research. Oh, and then you just gotta. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Throw in a book on craft. Oh, <laughs> I just I don't know. <laughs> I didn't know where that was going. And, and my search history, and I'm like, Sam, where are you going with this? And is, is, where is this going to go? This is... Don't worry. We'll we'll keep the podcast from an X rating today. Oh, for today. Thank God. Yeah, for today. <laughs> There's been people who have been on the show that have not, let me tell you. And I don't care at all. It's whatever. That's the thing, though. Like, there's so many censored shows out there that I said, fuck it. We'll do a show where we talk about wherever. <laughs> like, you know. Oh. Oh. But, I mean, Yeah. Yeah, that is a whole thing and a half with it, though. And I think that's the thing in general, though. Like, at least you do the research. There's people who are like, well, I thought I saw this. But I think research is so important. It's oh, so yeah. important to anything anymore. And I, and I mean, maybe this is my hot take. But, oh. but I mean, I think, I think it is important to get right what you put down. I think that some people yeah. be overwhelmed by the idea of like, oh, I can't write on this subject unless I know everything piece and every history and every function and every offshoot but if you're you know if you're writing about um you know like a steel mill and you do enough research to get like a you know a, a precise piece of machinery or a precise uniform like the people who who worked in those mills will take notice to that you know you don't necessarily mm. need to know like the books or the whole process, if you just have like a general respect for something and you get those details right, it'll it'll take you far. Yeah, uh, agreed. Because that's what makes it more personable in a way. There, and it really it affects people in a more way. Like if I'm reading something about a hospital or watching something about a hospital and whatnot too, and or veterinary field, and I'm like, ah, we wouldn't really do that or say that. And it's like, oh wait, no, that's actually how things are. Or it's like a zoo, and I'm like, that's how it actually is. Like. A thousand percent. You gotta, it's making it more personal to people because if it's just a story about something or it's just an art piece about something and you're not making it for those people, even if it's something you don't like, then, you know, what's kind of the point of it? Yeah. No, yeah. I, I think a good mirroring is always appreciated. Yeah. Which is, I, I don't know, I feel like some... I'm not seeing as much as that anymore, but then I am in some things. It just, it's weird. I think we're kind of striving away from that. They're like, oh, we just did it. And I'm like, well, you gotta, you gotta do, as you said, a mirroring thing in a way. Mm -hmm. oh, it's weird. We live in a weird time, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> live in a very almost weird time. But I'm working on your side of things, though. How's it been for you as a writer, though, in recent times, speaking of such and whatnot? Because the comic book industry is getting better, but it's been in a weird flux in the past few months to years sort of thing, almost two years of this shit. So like, how's it been on your side of things with, you know, being a writer on your side? I mean, I, I think I've been very lucky in that I've just been able to stay busy. Um, and I've been able to keep working. Um, and I mean, I've, I've been doing a lot of reading, which I think for me, you know, when you, some people are like, oh, I was in a really bad space and I was able to come up with this like gorgeous series of 12 paintings. And I'm like, how? Like when I'm <laughs> in a bad space, I can't, I can't create like that, but I can read. I can kind of just like shut off and, and, you know, fully escape. 
So I, I think for me, you know, we talk about taking in a lot of influences. Um, despite the weird times, I think it's been very good for me in that regard. Ah, so are you talking novels, though, or comics, or both? Um, I think this has been a very novel-heavy couple of years. Um, mm. But, you know, like, I, I had syllabi reintroduced into my life. So oh, shoot. A big effect. <laughs> But, uh, you know, I'll always be reading comics. I work at a comic shop. It, I love them. So that'll just an assumed yes. You work at a comic book shop? I do. Um, what? It's a, it, It's just like a like a day a week kind of gig. Uh, it's like a DIY zine space in uh, Williamsburg. Oh, that is cool. Like wow. I said, very lucky to stay busy. That yeah, <laughs> no, that is, I mean, that's awesome. Cause like, you're kind of getting like the ground floor sort of thing too. I, there's not that many people who can say they work on comics and work in a comic book shop. I, I hope I never have to give it up. Honestly, I, I think you, you hit the right word, like ground floor, like seeing how like, you know, not just people who have invested everything in their lives to the medium, but people who are like casually coming in, seeing what people are attracted to, and especially working. Uh, the shop is called Desert Island, um, but that you know will carry the the big publishers, but also carries like handmade zines and like art mm. prints and just like the whole the whole ecosystem. I yeah, like I said, I I never want to give it up. I I think it's good for me. Has that? I mean. Going back to the the I word of influence, has that uh, affected the way you've been writing a little bit? Um, I mean, not consciously. Like oh, I'm okay. sure it has. Um, just because I think you know everything does. Um, but I, I I think I've I've like I said the novels are really where I'm I'm expanding. Um, that that's been the growth this year. Ooh, are you writing any of them? Um. Not novels. I, I have uh, ideas. I, I think I'm focusing on short stories. Ooh. Ooh. I've been actually kind of interested in diving into making short stories and whatnot. How is that? How is it? Like, has it been interesting, hard, like, especially getting them published in a way there? Is it, how is that kind of life? Well, I mean, it's it's school-based, so hopefully by the end of the program, oh. I'll have, like, a body of publishable work, but that's that's not where I'm at right now. Um. And, you know, it's it's interesting, kind of like uh, like comics allows me to tell very plot driven, very like bombastic, very, you know, like I, I really get to I get to problem solve because there is like an established universe that I get to find gaps in or like find answers or pose new questions. Yeah. So I'm really satisfied um, working in comics. And then that kind of leaves a completely different space. Like my, my writing in prose is so different because, you know, one of the things that I'll, I'll never have control writing comics is like a specific image. So then my prose is very image heavy, very description heavy, a lot of like long meandering sentences, um, more, more like a, a prose poem, you know? Ooh, okay. Okay. So I think maybe someday those worlds will collide, but but right now it's just, you know, sticking my thumbs in as many pies as I can. Trying everything out, see what kind of sticks, and then, I mean, obviously comic sticks a little bit and writing sticks, but, like, I, that's a good way to go about it because it's like if you stick with the one thing of just, oh, I just write comic books, but now you're like, no, doing the school, writing short stories and whatnot. I think, like, that helps you evolve as a writer. And I mean, you, you talk about like doing a little bit of everything. And I think I wouldn't even be where I am in comics if I wasn't trying a little bit of everything. Um, you know, I think a lot of people think that 
you know, breaking in, you got to get like a hatchet and just like, you know, one spot, chop your way through. But I've always taken the the more scattershot approach. And, you know, like, going to school, um, SCAD was so influential on me. But like, ultimately, when I had the degree, but not necessarily like a, you know, breakout talent, I didn't mm. know what to do with it. Um, so I moved to New York and I started working at Midtown Comics and I started building community and then I started going to shows regularly. And each of these steps and each of these little things I did, none of them were the thing that like projected me in. But as soon as you get that first shot, you're not just the person that, oh, I did one backup because I'm friends with so-and-so. You're someone who did a backup and, and all of a sudden this like cumul cumulative effect really, uh, I don't know, gives you a, a stronger armor to break through. Yeah. Oh, oh, 100%. Yeah. Like, why would you want to be just a, a, a pocket knife when you could just be a Swiss Army knife? <laughs> Precisely. Yeah. It's, why would you not? I To me, it's just weird. It's just very weird to the people who just stick with one thing and do that their whole lives. I, it's, I mean, power to you guys and gals out there, but I, it's best how can you not try new things no matter what medium thing you're doing in life? Oh yeah. And, and like you said, I, I have to give those people their due um, to just like have such a fully realized sense of passion. It, like, you know, is, is so admirable, but um, I, I know how I think, you know, I know yeah. how I function best and it's, it's definitely with a lot on my plate. <laughs> well, if we're not stressing, then we're not living life. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to agree with that, but that's... <laughs> yeah, neither did I when I said it. I'm like, oh, wait a minute here. That's ooh. <laughs> but then it's like, it's kind of true in a way. I mean, I don't know. It's just weird as when you when you're just sitting around doing nothing. Like I got plenty. I got some friends of mine who are like, you just need to sit and relax. And the girlfriends is all the time sit and relax. I'm like, yeah, but if I sit and relax, I get stressed and I'm missing out on something, or I I'm that I'm forgetting something important, or you know, like maybe there was an opportunity missed and whatnot. It's like. Would you rather live the life you could or live the life you wish you did? I mean, I think you don't even need to answer that question because regardless, you're living the life you are. Ah. And, you know, and, and I guess that's how I've always looked at it. Like, I'm never going to do everything. I'm never going to be the right person for every <laughs> job. I'm never going to have like, you know what I mean? Um, Or just like the opportunities aren't always going to present themselves. But if I'm doing one thing every day towards a general goal it'll grow like and you know what i mean and like if i'm not uh you know a famous short story writer by tomorrow that's fine i read a book or i you know had a good conversation or and it, it all counts it all counts yeah it all it all adds up in the end and it adds up to make a better person it adds up to do all the stuff like that like it's it's I don't know everything uh, that uh, happens in life affects you in a way and such like this podcast has gotten really deep Jesus Christ <laughs> oh my <laughs> God no we got like I was thinking about it just now I'm like man we are getting really deep into this if some if there's somebody listening right now who doesn't get anything from this episode I don't know what to tell you <laughs> I am so sorry they're gonna walk out like wallabies are real cute that's what I hear <laughs> man. This they're, they're amazing little animals. And also, I need to take a walk through New York. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like yeah. eight times in a row. I've done oh. it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. oh, I bet. Sorry. Just, you know, commute jokes. 
New York. You got it. It's a okay. It's it traffics and I'm small little rant. Phoenix is getting way overpopulated right now at the moment here. I've I was born and raised in Illinois for like 16 years. Moved here a few years ago, almost eight now. Jesus, but it's there's like a huge population increase right now. So commuting has gotten very difficult to say the least. Is there any infrastructure changes going on, or people are just waiting to see? What collapses, and then they'll fix that first. Uh, we're waiting to see what societal collapse happens first. <laughs> yeah, we're waiting to see what goes first, to be honest. Oh, you weren't kidding about this uh, conversation going into some deep places. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> don't doesn't mean to, Liz. I don't know. That's the beauty of the show. I don't know if you've listened to any other episodes or whatnot. Like, this show can go anywhere. It's, it's like, I hate doing a time. And those shows I sometimes listen to is like, I don't know. Do you listen to any of the podcasts out there? Oh, um, I mean, yes, I, I'm a pretty avid listener, but like, like I said, this is where we fall into the, into the scattershot quality, like, I'll okay. go anywhere from, like, history of literature to, like, my brother, my brother and me, and then Whoa. background to, you know, just, like, horror stories, so I, yeah, I, I, if you, if you prompt me, I can, I can go off. Yeah, hey, I, let, let me tell you, I've listened to some of the horror podcasts before. Those are brilliant, and I could never do anything like that. Because to me, my brain could maybe think of it, but I do it. Those shows are beautifully done. You know, I, I I don't mean to intertwine things, but uh, one of the past episodes of yours that I was listening to was a previous guest, Clay McLeod Chapman, and I know he was involved with the Pumpkin Pie Cast, which I highly recommend if you like horror stories. Really? Oh yeah. Clay never mentioned anything about that. Well, then again, we never really <laughs> talked about that. <laughs> that's, that's cool. That would have been a fun thing to talk about. Oh. Well, cool. All right, I'm gonna have to. The you said pumpkin pie podcast. Yeah, I, 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 that's the gist of it. If you if you search his name and pumpkin cast, it'll all it'll all come up. All right, I know what I'm gonna list. I got too many shows, but I'll I'll add it to my list. I can, oh, God. I'm glad to be building the uh the metaverse. With yeah, you. It's, it's, it's true. We're all expanding here. <laughs> oh man, um. I know I am keeping track of the time though, because I know you d- you did say you, you do have to get you have to do a hard exit and whatnot. Um, we gotta talk about it though, because I know fans are gonna want to talk about it. Punchline. Oh, always down to talk punchline. All right, what people who are uncultured swines and don't know about them about about her? What can you tell us about Punchline? Uh, so Punchline is a new character that was introduced under James Tynan's Batman run, and in a nutshell. She is the Joker's new girlfriend, um, but I think that that's actually kind of misleading because it leads to a lot of comparisons to Harley, and I think she couldn't be more different, um, where Harley really just wanted to like be with the Joker and possibly cure him. Um, Punchline is a firm believer. She's kind of that that second generation, you know, member that really... Um, takes the stand and she runs to improve upon him and and take his ideology and really just uh build a following and infect the rest of gotham with it i mean that's she's the influence uh, this whole episode's about influence jesus but like she's the what happens because she's younger than joker though if i remember correctly right i mean in yeah, a way I, we haven't I, really established that in a way but she was in college and whatnot so I, I'm guessing, you know, she's probably a little bit younger than Joker. So she's the influence of that Joker had on Gotham. Yes. Yes. Yeah. She's uh and and she's I think aware of that, you know. Very oh, she's you wanna talk about badass new characters. Like 
punchline. That's I, I know people are like, you like punchline? I'm like, yeah, I love punchline because she's amazing in, in everything that she is, you know, how she acts, how she, I've never had any bad experiences with the character. And that's, that's a testament because, you know, everyone's had at least bad experience with some of their characters they love. Never had a bad experience reading anything punchline. I, that really makes me glad to hear, especially since I feel like every character that's interacted with Punchline has had a bad experience. Yeah, well, <laughs> yes, as, as, as one would, but, <laughs> you know, I don't think it's going to work. It's like, you know, meeting, meeting any criminal from Gotham, you're going to have a bad experience, I think. Even if it's lighthearted and fun at first, you don't know. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's always fun to read on the page. Yeah, oh my god. Oh, that's a question for you, though. What character would you think that you'd have the best experience with that's a villain in Gotham? Oh. I know that's a stumper. I'm sorry. I'm taking my time with this one. I'm, I'm, I'm going through my, like, Rolodex. Because I feel like every everyone's going to lead to a sloppy night eventually. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's it's a it is a toughie. Like I'm even having trouble thinking about it myself. It was just a random thing that popped in the head. I'm like, because everyone always asks, what game did you work for? But what one would you just like if you had like a run in with them? Maybe an odd choice, but I think the penguin would be good as I'm, long as I yeah. never had to like do business with him. Oh if God, I, no! If I just knew him as like the sad guy that really wanted to like get some heartfelt stories out, like over a you know bird themed slot machine. I, I bet he would be great to casually encounter. I think yes to that. But then as soon as he starts telling these little sob stories, that's when I'm worried I'm going to get killed. Because he's going to be like, I can't, I can't let anybody know about these stories. You were really sweet and nice, but uh, it's over. <laughs> if he called me the next day, I would be like, oh, no, that was just, you know. Yeah, no, I, I, I hmm. I'm, I think I might be with you on the penguin, but I wouldn't be for the sob story side. I think it would be hanging out, doing some like crazy stuff that you would never want to talk about till you're in old age, because people would be like, "You're going to jail," <laughs> and it's like, "Well, listen, it was either he was gonna kill me, or I was gonna like enjoy some like crazy weirds." I, I don't. Mm-hmm. Part of me wants to say, as a crocodilian keeper, croc, it'd be like, "I've helped your cousins," but then he might get pissed and just kill me. Uh that's true. I wouldn't want to set him off. Yeah. I think Penguin, yeah. I think Oswald. Riddler just, you'd make a dumb joke and he'd kill you. Um, Riddler seems like a bit much. Yeah. I, I don't think I could could hold that down. But but Waylon, I, I hear you. I hear yeah. you there. Oh, shoot. I yeah, probably. Yeah I, yeah, I think Penguin would be the good choice for that one if you had a random encounter with them and just just be the yes man. Just say whatever and just have a good drink, have a cigar with them and stuff like that too. Give us a few good helpful tips, you know. Don't, yeah. and, don't yeah. get so involved that you make like a handshake deal with them. That's where things are going to go awry. Oh, very much so. <laughs> very, very much so. Give, give a few cool ideas for some tech, you know. <laughs> I would, you know, be like, hey, I saw Joker down over here and uh, yeah. That's a story. Oh, that is definitely a story. That's... Has there been a story like that? Of just like a uh, random encounter with a villain. Yeah. You know, otherwise. Yeah. But it's like a like a like a like a short uh, comic story based upon a person who has this encounter with the villains, like iconic villains. 
I feel like that must be the case. I, I need to pull James into the room. He's really more the uh, living encyclopedia. Yeah, that would be. He, he would be. Uh, man, that would be. I don't. I know there's been some of them with like D-lister villains, like people have encountered them and stuff like that too. And there's like the obviously the ones where like they kill them, but like one where the uh, person doesn't die and this keeps this kind of there's a whole adventure with them and shit. I think you know cool. you bring up D-lister villains, some of my favorites, like like truly. Okay, what what are some of your D-lister villains? Um, I mean not to not to keep it too. Um like Sam centric, but uh, I, I recently did a Tweedledee and Tweedledum story for urban legends. Mm. And in going back and reading all of those, there is um, in the Wonderland gang, the, the March Harriet March mm. Hare, like, you know, and her story was never like really expanded on. Like she never got a mini. She never got like a full, full arc, but that she was like, queer and she was like a a jewel thief with her like lover who was like shot down in like a oh, wow. horrible accident and she's like a vengeance and it's just like these are all like throwaway lines and i'm like oh that's a lot i love that <laughs> that's <laughs> a lot of story that. right there <laughs> like a whole lot of story oh my god that's just like here's a whole season one of a show and this is a throwaway line I'm like wait no i want to know more <laughs> <laughs> but that's the beauty of comics is I don't think that's something that's unique to that character, you know? Yeah. And you can there, always like, go back to it. There's so them. many, like, winks in every issue that just never get expanded upon. It, it, it's it's great. Or they could, like, 20 years later and be like, remember that thing we mentioned? It's now a story. And you're like, oh, damn, that's, that's pretty good. <laughs> wow. I kind of kind of going, though, on, on the punchline again, though, with her, because I'm curious, is what has it been like working on that character? Because that's, that's got to be a whole thing and a half. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I feel like I have a lot of freedom with her. Um, and it's been really interesting because, you know, like like I mentioned, she was a figure that was introduced as alongside the Joker. And to write about, uh, uh, you know, someone who's identified by a relationship while the Joker is not in the picture, I feel like I really get to make her herself. And one of the things that, you know, was just kind of decided out the gates is like, I'm, I'm not trying for a retribution arc. I am trying to just like, no, she she is a bad dude. She, and just she's kind of like good. explaining all of the motivations for why she commits those actions, you know, mm. or like what distinguishes her plan from like someone like Joker who doesn't necessarily have a plan or someone who leans on like physical power or someone who, you know, mm -hmm. someone who is, you never know what to expect and whatnot, but then it's just like, I'm just a Joker. So you'll be terrified. But then what if you put a whole lot more planning into it? Like, I think it's what's make her a little bit more terrifying. Yeah. And I mean, I, I think like, you know, as readers, we can talk about her being this villain, but I think the characters in Gotham don't necessarily have that view of her. Like, she she can specify relatable problems. Like, you know, she she was formed under, you know, this world as as much as anyone else was. She just yeah. kind of emerged. Which is pretty realistic in my mind, and that's why I liked her a lot. Like I said, like, if you grow up in Gotham you're not going to turn out right. <laughs> this is not, <laughs> especially during the Batman days, you're not going to turn out. If Batman's around, 
no matter what year it is, you're not going to turn out right because you're going to see and probably experience some weird shit. <laughs> yeah, and she just she just clung to a different side of it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, pretty much. It's like you're either a cop or a civilian or a villain, as I feel like usually what happens. Yeah, those are those are the uh, those are the outlets. If you're if you don't get a, a Robin badge by a certain age, it's not looking good. <laughs> no, no. If you don't know Bruce Wayne's Batman, you're in trouble because <laughs> it, that's the only that that is actually very true. People who know Bruce Wayne is Batman have an okay life, and then people are going to be Jason Todd. But you know what? He lives an okay life now. But hey, it took a while, but he's pretty good. Uh, but that's like that. That's honestly like one of one of the dreams I kind of got there is. Yeah, as an indie writer myself, I, I I'm okay if I never I can live happily, you know, and I never work for any big company, but I still dream about it, and I would love to. Not saying I wouldn't love to, I would love to. And Gotham has been that like I've talked about it on the show before, like that's that's a playground right there. That's a playground that you can do so many stories with. Oh, absolutely. Is there uh is there like a, a question that stands out in your mind that you would you would answer if you were you know given any book in Gotham? Any any book in Gotham? Like any anything? book in Gotham, yeah, run wild. <sighs> Part of me I I honestly it, it this is gonna seem very odd because he's a character that's kind of good now, but I wanna return him to his villainous roots because I wanna get to how terrifying of a villain Clayface actually can be. Oh, yeah. Clayface is a fantastic. There's just like, you know, I, I don't mean to. I feel like I'm telling on myself, but such a sadness to him. There is. Oh, yeah. And what if he had no reins? Like the guy who can shapeshift into anyone, almost anything. And he's like this with his powers and such like that, too. What like invasion on the body snatcher storyline could be told? And like what of him on a murderous rampage? Like him and then all four, him being just sad and them trying to break through to the man inside the monster, like the whole time throughout the series. And maybe they break through, maybe they don't, or maybe they're he's just too far gone in the end. Like I think like if you take Clayface off his reins, it would be terrifying. But also like a entertaining. Bit of a, a Hulk dynamic fueled by a sense of self preservation. A little bit, a little bit of that, yeah. That would definitely run into it. And I don't, I don't know. Like, it would cause trouble for everybody, even the villains, I think. Like, he wouldn't choose a side. There would be no, oh, I got to work. He wouldn't give a damn, I think, would be about it. Like, he would just, maybe it was, there's some, like, big motivation in there. Like, some villain did him dirty, and that's what made him snap. Like, maybe it's a whole thing that he just snapped, and, like, he can't go back. But they're trying to get him to go back, and maybe, like, some inner monologue self of, like, him before being turned in the clay face is talking to him and shit like that. I should really not be saying this because somebody's going to take this idea and run with it. <laughs> Fuck! Break out one of those notebooks. Oh, yeah, but that that honestly is it. Like, I think there's potential for a good, really good clay face story out there. No, I, I think there's there's definitely room. And, you know, especially I feel like after uh, James's detective run, you know, he's at the forefront yeah. of the culture more more than ever before. Yeah, it's 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 true. Oh, one hundred percent, especially with James's work. Yeah, it. I don't know. There's just, like I said, there's just so much to do with it. There's that you could give. I don't. I'm I'm speechless with it because there's so much to do, and James has type, typed into it, and you have too, and it's like a whole thing with it. Like, Metropolis has a lot of untapped potential too. Don't get me wrong, but Gotham itself. Like, I, did you ever read the uh, series Gotham Central? Oh yeah yeah yeah. 
Yeah, what do you think? I love that series. I think it still holds up to this day. Oh, totally. It's um, I I think one of the best out there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it, it tells it, it proves that you could do a storyline not based on the heroes. Oh, and I I, I think that's totally true. And uh, you know, especially going back to um the Joker, um oh. like that, that I, I I think some people don't you know have trouble forming attachments to villainous characters. Like they're they're there for a different kind of story, and that's always how I explain it to them. Is like actually, it's a Jim Gordon story. Yeah. You know what I mean. Oh, and it's yeah, really, we're... like, it is about the Joker in the sense that it is about, like, Joker's effects and, like, the hunt for Joker. And I don't, I, I don't know. It, like I said, hugely influential. Very. Oh, very. It's like, I remember there was a quote in there. It was uh, from Gotham Central that, that was saying, like, yeah, you know, like, Mr. Freeze. Like, oh, why do you hate Mr. Freeze so much? It was because well, I opened the door and he, and he froze my partner's arm off. And he's like, yeah, that would do it. <laughs> that would... <laughs> And like, yeah, I'd be pretty pissed too, <laughs> to say the least. And like, and they're like, yeah, no, like th- that side of the things, like, what happened to those cops that were attacked by Freeze and froze, and that, but no, didn't come back. They were dead. <laughs> like, I, like that's a whole potential right there with those. Like, what happens on that other side? Like, what happens because those guys still living lives, still going through and whatnot too. If you look at it. Well, you know, and I, and I think that's the balance. Like, um, I think there's this idea that if you have to, that if you're making a sympathetic character, it's that you like, you know, reach a point of empathy where you agree with them. But I, I don't think that's true at all. Like, I can understand, like, once again, another deeply sad figure that is Mr. Freeze. But that doesn't mean he hasn't killed people. Yeah, that doesn't mean he hasn't named people. That doesn't mean he hasn't caused like mass destruction. Yeah, or created WMDs basically of freeze weaponry. Like, he's he's killed a lot of officers and he's done a lot of bad bad things there. A lot. Oh. But yeah, you're right. He is sad in a way. <laughs> He's sad about his wife. But when you when your death toll hits over fifty, you're you're a little bit in trouble. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. I'm I'm not saying he shouldn't, uh, you know, consider <laughs> some <Yeah>. things. But <laughs> he, just coming he, at it from writing. Yeah. Oh, very. I, I, I think you can offer like a very deep interiority. Yeah. Um, but then just remember that they're villains, and that that's not an excuse. Yeah. That's that is definitely the way you got to go about it. Like it, they are still bad people in the end. Like we're all sad and such like that too. But they're just sad and they're bad people. So here we are. <laughs> it's oh. all connected. All holds uh, frozen hands. Oh. And that's why you're a way better writer, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, I know we're coming near the end here though too. Cause I don't want to take too much time. Is there anything though that you can and want to promote right now? Oh, um, I mean, I, I think the thing that I'm really focusing on is uh, I, I've just got a couple more backups of Punchline to write and then and then crossing my fingers for the, the future of that character. So if, if you have any positive thoughts that you want to put out in the universe, I would I would greatly appreciate it. And um, I'm trying to think what's been announced. But I would I would I would just say keep keep an ear to the ground for more horror projects that I might be attached to. Ooh. And then and then and yeah, and then I'll come back on and I'll I'll talk way more. <laughs> when when we know you can't get in trouble. <laughs> I feel that. Trust exactly. me. Uh, I, yeah, you there's been things I've said on the podcast before about projects we're working on, and I was like, oh no, I'm gonna be in trouble about this. <laughs> like, oh shit. Uh, but yeah, uh, where can people find you out on social media though? 
Um, I'm on Twitter at dips off. That's D I P S O F F. Um, and I'm, I'm pretty quiet, honestly, but, but that is the place. Okay. I mean, it's, it's still okay. It's okay to be quiet on Twitter. You still have him. People can follow on there, but Twitter is an interesting place. So, you know, we talk about school and writing and the shop and I'm just like, you know, within the next year, one of those is going to drop. I mean, it's going to be school. I'm going to graduate. It'll be fine. Um, and then I think that'll I'll open up a bit more. Once, you know, one of that big life achievement of, you know, college and school and whatnot, but you know, that thing. Oh, man. I mean, I'll put, I want to put it in record though, is I am good thoughts for punchline in the future is that punchline series keeps going and you get to do more with the character because I love your work in the character. And also, um, I hope to see punchline come into live action or animation one day. There's plenty of outlets. Knocking on wood, right? Yeah. That's, that's knocking. Listen, it, it a hundred percent deserves to come to live action. I, you know, I, I didn't even realize there was the pop until New York Comic Con. And I think that was like my big, like, oh, this is real. Yeah. I worked on it. Okay. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's a dream right there is I have a toy of one of my things come alive. That would be brilliant. Uh, did you wait? Hold on. Did you get a Funko? No, they were. What? Uh, what? We didn't get like a heads up or anything. So it wasn't until that they were just floating around the show. And by that point, they were they were gone. Which I mean, you know, is is good news in its own right. I it, there are definitely worse problems to have, but yeah, yeah. So anyone listening right now who has a, a punchline Funko, I think Sam deserves one. Or if, you, it, if you have a spare, I'll, I'll yeah, take oh, a spare. spare. I'll take I'll take one. Any, any, <laughs> oh, you're gonna open that box and be like, this is beautiful. I will say. A statue was announced. Definitely got that on pre-order. Oh, it's thank not God! Missing out. You didn't get it for free. I, I bet there are people we could nudge, but I. Uh, that's <laughs> fair. You know, I feel like you're paying yourself low for that, Sam. Yeah, it all comes back around. That's fine. Yeah, you get two for. Our... <laughs> that's amazing. All right, well, Sam, I definitely got to say thank you for coming on the show. This has been a blast and a half having you on here. This has been great. Thank you for reaching out, and and like I said, any any time. Sweet. Well, once you listen, we don't talk about enough of horror stuff on the show, and we definitely, whenever that stuff happens, whatever goes on or whatnot, too, whatever you do, we'll have you oh, back yeah. on. Let's put it on the books this time, uh, come October. Oh, oh, that's a whole year. That'd be fascinating to see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> I come back. I lost the leg due to a crock. Who knew? <laughs> <laughs> Turns out, not a great buddy. Not mm, for a, yeah. down for a casual drink. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Sam. I'll talk to you later. I'll let you know when the episode comes out, too. Oh, wonderful. Thank you so much. Uh, Have a great one.